you know, I put other people in the spotlight and I, I've learned over the years that if you can empower other people, lift other people, that's where real success comes from. Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. Today's guest is considered a lifestylepreneur. He's a full-time chiropractor in New York City, and he has an amazing team. He's a second-generation chiropractor, and he has walked the walk and talked the talk of health most of his life, from teaching in office workshops to webinars, seminars. Um, he is out to share the message of living a healthy lifestyle with the world, and he's also uh, a podcaster. He has a podcast, Lifestyle Locker Radio, where he interviews all kinds of experts in lifestyle, including people like Joe Dispenza, Emily Fletcher, and Ben Greenfield. Um, when he isn't putting the world back into alignment through adjusting them and in chiropractic office, he's outrunning ultra marathons. Uh, this guy is someone I've known for years, and he's just got an incredible story. And we're going to go deep into what kind of discipline it takes to, to run a successful life and how he finds the fire to run these long, long runs and how that then translates into being an absolute um, animal when it comes to business. That's what this is all about, because when you can prove to yourself over and over again that you'll do the crappy things, the things that are uncomfortable, the things that hurt and suffer by choice, when it comes to things that go on in business or go on in life, they bounce off to you like you have some kind of a force field on. It's incredible. It's something I've learned along my journey, and I want to share this experience with you. This is an amazing um, recording, and Josh just dropped so many incredible little nuggets about how he gets uh, motivated and gets focused and how his discipline is in order to run these incredibly long runs, which are sometimes over 24 hours long. So anyway, guys, if this sounds exciting to you and you want to go to the next level, this is the kind of stuff you got to listen to. Enjoy the show. Okay, Josh. So today I'm super excited to have you on the podcast because I know I've known you passively for many years now through the chiropractic world because my wife's a chiropractor, you're a chiropractor. So, and, and what I've always been amazed by is your, your ability to endure. And what I mean by that is I've seen you do ultra races. I've seen you run on broken things and just, I, I shake my head and I'm like, <laughs> what is in this guy that he can continue to keep doing these crazy things? Like what drives a man to do those things? So I'd love to unpack that today. And one thing when I was looking through your bio, I noticed is that um, you know, you're considered a lifestylepreneur. I would love to know what that actually means. Well, you know, all things lifestyle, right? I, you know, as a chiropractor, as an athlete, I call myself a professional athlete in the sense that I'm a professional. That's an athlete, not a really a pro athlete type of thing. Got it. <laughs> right? But so I, I've connected doing my own podcast for many years with so many great companies, products, services that I actually start to utilize. And then I become affiliated with these people. So I don't have to really house or have these things in my practice or in my podcast studio where I am now, yeah. I can actually point people to, to those directions, which will generate revenue business wise. But it also, you know, I put other people in the spotlight. And I, I've learned over the years that if you can empower other people, 
lift other people, that's where real success comes from. I love that. I love that. And how did you learn that? I mean, that's a trait that that uh, not many know. So how do you how did you learn that? You know, that's a great question. You know, I, I grew up. My father's a chiropractor. I grew up um, as a parent that was an entrepreneur. Yeah. So you know, I got to see him become very successful. We got to take great trips and vacations as a family. Uh, where I got to see other kids, you know, like go away. They go away in the summer. They go away, you know, on a long weekend, on a holiday weekend. So I paid attention a lot, maybe subconsciously in the beginning years. And I realized that if you can keep a team like our team in our chiropractic practice, the the person that's been there the longest is 40 years, just to give you an idea. So if you can have longevity, there's something, some secret sauce that's not really said but if you yeah. can keep people elevated, then ultimately it, it'll circle right back to you. I love that. I love it. And it's so yeah. true. And that's what I've learned along my journey as well. And, you know, when it becomes about the team and not just about yourself, then mm-hmm. funny enough, they don't want to leave. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they actually hang around longer and they start putting in even more because they want to see the mission succeed because it's not about the just the leader. You know, it's yeah. about the mission. It becomes something that's completely transcends what you're doing. And that is so powerful to see the lights come on and you're like, whoa, <laughs> you know, like yeah. this is like you, you get to watch them unlock their true God given potential. And it's mm-hmm. so beautiful to see. And as leaders is one of the first things we need to do is get the hell out of the way. Yeah. Right? Would you agree That's with that? That's the hardest part. It is because our that ego wants to hold part. on. We're like we're the reason why this head's going on. We started this business and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Cause a lot of our listeners are, you know, and, and uh, either small business owners or contractors or these guys, you know, and it's like, it's, it's so often we start out as our own bosses, right? We just didn't want to work for somebody else. So now mm-hmm. like, no, no, we want to actually own our job. So that's what we do, right? We get in and get started with that. And next thing you know, it's like others have to come into the, to the business and start helping out and we get to hire. But we always think that we have to stay at the top. Like there's some kind of hierarchy. And when the, the day I realize, I'll never forget the day I realized that this is not the case if you want to be successful, depending on how you you define success. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of building a team where you're all equals. That's where it starts to get really interesting. We all have different roles, but at the same time, we all have to empower each other to get that whole thing moving forward. And that's how you get that loyalty you talked about. And that's how you get the um, people to unleash their true potential. Yeah, agreed, agreed. You know, I'd be the first to say though, you know, I have an ego problem and I work on it probably every single day. That you know, I got to be very, very honest here, and I will be the whole show. But that's ultimately my biggest challenge. Is I love seeing people succeed. I love having conversations like this to hear about your success. I mean, I've seen. Yeah. I'm like, holy cow, this guy's got a podcast studio built in his house. I started to see all this stuff on social media. I'm like, rock and roll. This guy's crushing <laughs> it. And I had, you know, I have zero to do with this, but I love seeing people rise and and what their passions are and and their their life really will evolve too, because really what it comes down to is relationships in my opinion. Yeah. And when relationships can, can grow and evolve, that's also a piece I think of, of the success principle. Oh, hundred percent. And you know, when, yeah. when we first start on business, oftentimes we start focusing on just paying bills, right? We're like, okay, we got this new thing. It's expensive. We got all these yeah. bills. We got to pay them. So we need money coming in the front door and we start focusing and, and creating this big, uh, um, uh, focus on money, right? Because we need the money, right? So it's constantly that. The problem is oftentimes in business, we don't ever change our focus, right? Because money is the lowest form of currency, yeah. right? Relationships are the highest form. So mm-hmm. 
when that transition happens, hopefully it happens that you listeners out there where you go from focusing on money to focusing on how can I empower, how can I create more relationships, more symbiotic connections, more win-win scenarios. Because when you do that, then it changes the entire game. But if you get stuck in the money realm and you never leave there, it'll never give you joy or fulfillment. It'll always yeah. need more. And when you get in the relationships, it's a whole different level. So I'm, I'm glad you're, you've realized that because that is just such a powerful yeah. lesson that takes you know, it took me way too long to realize and others never realize it, which I'm hoping they do through this podcast. Oh yeah, I agree. Cool. Well, I appreciate it, man. So I've been watching your track and I've been seeing you've been running some ultras. So first of all, tell us what an ultra is and why the heck would you sign up for something like that? It's insane, dude. It's like 50 <laughs> or hundred miles. That's nuts. Yeah. So I'll give you, I'll give you the short version because we could be here for the whole hour long conversation right away. Yeah. So an ultra is a marathon that is over 26.2 miles. Okay. Okay. So it's anything. So it could be 26.3. They don't really have those races. Usually it goes marathon, 50K. Some, I'm starting to see some 40Ks in, but 50K, mm -hmm. 50 mile, 100 mile, and then way beyond. True. I haven't gone the way beyond. I've attempted the way beyond, but I haven't gotten there yet. I'll say nice. the big word is yet. I love it. Um, and I got started with these events. I wasn't really, I'll say this, I wasn't really a runner. Right? I did. I did things like CrossFit back in, we'll say 2014 when I started. Before that, I would like dally, dilly dab with running like a 5K, maybe a 10K, maybe. Mm -hmm. I did a triathlon sprint, which is a one hour long event. Mm -hmm. So nothing really that would really push me beyond my limits. And when I was 37, and I think this was 2017, I decided I want to run a marathon before I'm 40. I said, well, let me, let me do something. So I registered for this race. It was called the North Face Endurance Challenge. It was in upstate New York in a place called Bear Mountain. Hmm. And I just, I'm like, you know what? This is cool. It's a trail. I don't want to run on the street. I figured that'd be boring. And long story short, as we're looking, after I registered and picked up my bib and all of these different things, my wife and I are looking at the website and going, the hardest trail marathon in the U.S. I'm like, oh, for the <laughs> Northeast. Whatever it was, I'm like, my wife goes, of course you picked the hardest one. I go, well, if I finish, I finish, and I, that's my goal. I don't care how long it takes me. Yeah. And um, during this event, I mean, it was really gnarly. It was really cool. Uh, I, it, it was Cinco de Mayo 2017. I remember the, the weather like it was yesterday. It was should be 60s, should be like, the, as they call it, perfect weather for a distance run. And it was 40 degrees. It was a, there was a nor'easter. It rained three inches during the marathon. I came out pre-hypothermic, you know, because I'm like, I'm not wearing a jacket. I'm not wearing it. No way. I'll be hot. No, I've frozen. I finished, which was the goal. But I, you know, I had like sausage fingers. My wife had to take my socks off. I couldn't do anything. They give you a beer at the end. You know, I'm trying to hold it with my forearms and my elbows <laughs> to drink it because I couldn't use my hands. And the the <laughs> I, I've said this so many times at different shows. She's like, well, now that you've done it, you're done, right? I go, I think I could do more. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I know what this, she knows what that meant. Like, yeah, she knows yeah. that if I figure something I like, I'm just going to go all in. There's no, no in-between ground. Um, but, but when we were showing up for the race before, I guess the start before was a 50 mile and a 50K. So we saw people running already. I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. Like who in the world would ever want to do anything like that? Yeah. And then, yeah, after that event, and then long story short, I 50K next year, then very shortly after that, 50 mile, 50 mile, 50 mile. And I will tell you one of my inspirations for the big, big runs, this may sound crazy and, and cliche now because most people have heard of this guy's name. I listened to, and I don't remember how I got it. 
I don't remember, you know, maybe because I saw a military guy on the cover, I got David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me, yeah. in 2019. Yeah. I think I listened to it six times before I actually did my first 100-mile attempt. Wow. Um, and, and I guess the biggest difference between uh, motivation and inspiration, motivation is something you need to constantly push yourself towards, like a shower, like you got to do it every single day. Yeah. Inspiration is something that actually pulls you. Yeah. So I got so inspired that nothing was going to stop me. And then we can keep going. But I've done multiple, multiple, multiple ultra distance events. I've done multiple ultra distance. Well, can't call them events. I've done on my own. You know, yeah. a friend asked me on a Tuesday, hey, listen, on Friday or Saturday, I'm running a 50 mile virtual race. This was when everything was shut down. I said, he's like, you want to do it? I go, sure. And I hadn't, I mean, I've run and trained, but I hadn't trained for a 50 miler. I had four days. And I was in my office anyway. I'm like, oh, I'll just run 50. And we did it, you know. That's so awesome. it's become this crazy thing that when you do hard things and you, I hate the word suffer, but I think it's a great word. When you suffer with others that are doing this really hard thing, that's why I think firemen and police officers have brothers, right, or tribes, yes. right, yes. that they belong to, because they're doing hard stuff. And, you know, I bond with all of these people. And it just makes it makes the journey so much more fun. And you can't really picture it. I'm like six one ish. Right now I'm about two hundred pounds. But when I'm racing these ultras, sometimes I'm like hundred and seventy eight pounds. Mm. And but you'll see guys that are five foot two hundred and fifty pounds. You'll see yeah. people that are my height, hundred and thirty five pounds. It doesn't make a difference. It's a tribe yeah. that gets people together to do really hard things, which is so awesome. That is so interesting. I love that. And, uh, you know, it, when it comes to these things, it is so much a mental discipline. I'd love to get a sense of how you went from, you know, maybe a 5K or a 10K here or there or getting the mental discipline. I know Goggins can fire just about anybody up. I get that, right? Yeah. I've listened to his book a bunch of times myself. Yeah. But, uh, you know, where did you find that fire? Where did you create that discipline? Because this isn't something you just pick up and go with. This is something yeah. that you build toward. So how did you develop that discipline and find that fire? Well, I remember when I decided to, go for an ultra, I just started to look around, like watch certain videos on ultra marathoners and like this thing called the Badwater 135, which is mm -hmm. that desert run through uh, Death Valley in July. And I started to watch these videos and listen to the, the athletes talk. And then I found myself to this tr trainer, this running coach, if you will, talking on YouTube. And it may have been like a three or four or five minute thing. And he goes, most trainers will tell you, you gotta have this plan where you just do, you know, 5K here and none of this, and you have long days and short days. And he said, you need to run on tired legs. You need to run on tired feet. You need to be able to run all the time, regardless of weather, temperature, yeah. you know, anything. There's like, becomes no excuse. So I go, that makes so much sense. I was a, a, a skiing athlete as a young kid. And I knew that if I wanted to be a better athlete, I had to just put in work. And then it, that would just pull me. I go, well, if I, want to, if I want to finish one of these things, 100 miles is insane. Um, I can't just run 30 miles in a week or 50 miles a week. I got to build up to some triple digit weeks. And I remember working in my office at the times I was getting home at eight o'clock at night. And I, I did a week where I ran almost every day, five days, 20 miles a day, wow. every day. Mm. And then I showed up at work and had to be conscious and present yeah. uh, with my patients. Uh, so, like once I once like it was a little switch. I I can't tell you exactly what happened. It went, and I said I'm in. I'm a hundred percent in. Nothing will stop me. But I had to have a conversation also with my wife because with ultra running it's a time game, yeah, right? So yeah. it meant me like, hey, I'm gonna have dinner with you. We'll sit down. I'm gonna go run into the. We have a home gym. I'm gonna go run to the gym, 
or run outside and I'll be back in three and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. You know, eight o'clock and I get home at midnight or whatever it is and shower and get up at 5 a.m. to go the next day. So, you know, I hope that answers the question. It does for sure, man. It's, it's, it's such a thing. And so with discipline, were you, did you consider yourself a disciplined person before you started doing this um, or did the discipline have to come with this? Like, I, I want to get into the, uh, okay, where do you that's find That's a good it? question. I don't know if I've ever been asked that. I will say maybe in certain things in my life, I was disciplined. You know, I would go to the gym a few times a week. I had schedules, things like that, but not really disciplined in all areas. I grew up very with a very comfortable life. I didn't have the so-called hard life that a lot of these ultra athletes have. Like, hey, I was an alcoholic or I had a bet like David Goggins. I had a horrible upbringing. Yeah. Um, I didn't have that. So I had very cushy, a very cushy life. So everything was like, I get what they call it, the silver spoon. Like I had a silver spoon in my hand and mouth for mm-hmm. uh for my whole life. So I had to find my own discipline yeah. and listening to stories and, and people's lives that have had hard, hard lives that become these amazing, whether it's an athlete or a business person like a Tony Robbins, right? Mm-hmm. I listen to these stories and go, well, they also all say you don't have to go through what we went through to have this. You have to find it a different way. And I think running for me became that, became that gift of discipline because I knew if I wanted to get to a goal, I would have to do the work. There was no shortcut to an ultra marathon. There was no shortcut at all, even in business and in life, but there's no shortcut. Business, you know, not that it was incredibly hard. I wasn't, you know, dying during my business, trying to grow the business, but I knew if I didn't have, like you said, didn't have money to pay for food, a mortgage or whatever it may have been at the time, I'd bust my ass. But that was more like, you're under the fire. This was more I want versus I need. That's that's interesting because I know I've also had a, a very good life. You know, I still have a great family. Uh, you know, my mother, father is still alive. Like no real trauma to like go back into and be like, I'm going to pull from that pain. And we've talked to so many either in this podcast or, or just in general in life where they've had some significant traumas that they go back to and they're, they're channeling that rage or that anger into mm-hmm. pushing them for the distance, whether they're running or they're fighting or whatever. So what's interesting about our stories is the fact that we don't have those traumas and to find the, the, the discipline and the push when we don't technically need to, or it doesn't come to us easy is, I don't know, it's something different, right? Oftentimes you think it's, that's what it is. They're feeding off that old experience. And I know for me, it's been a struggle at times when I'm like, well, I've, you know, I have plenty. Like, what do I need to keep pushing for? Like, why, why keep the discipline? What, what happens if I stop disciplining myself? I don't need to discipline anymore. Businesses are running well. This is happening. Everything is good. I have a great life by so many means. Why not just stop the rituals? Why not stop the cold showers? Why not stop the running? Why not stop pushing every day harder? What, what, what is enough? When is it enough? Right. And, and keep digging down. But you know what, what I found Josh, and I know, I don't know if this is your experience as well, but um, there's times like on a vacation or when I'm like, Hey, this is a rest day that I just don't feel a hundred percent. I'm used to running at, you know, with my, my meter going <laughs> wide open, right? It's like, okay, yeah. we're good to go. When I don't run on my, my down day or something like that, I struggle sometimes throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was one of those days for me. And I'm like, dude, you've done this how many times? Like, you know, that the down day, you're gonna have to find something else to get that energy up. My legs are like, run, run, run. And they're like, nope, not today. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah. how do you I- handle that? You know, I'll say my down days are like the athletes will talk about what are the active rest. Yeah. So I, if I'm not running, like the past, we'll say the past, 
months now. I can't, I'm overcoming right now a pretty nasty ankle injury that happened, believe it or not, in November. Okay. So part of my rehab that I created myself, if you will, um, and had some help from other docs, I but I started rucking more. Okay. I used to ruck a bunch, but I bought the bag, the plate, all this stuff. So I'm rucking all the time. So I go walk my dog. I got 30 to 50 pounds on my back. Got it. So I, I get that. That actually, like, I need to, you know, change my shirt when I get back, type of thing. So I feel like, okay, yeah. I accomplished something this morning before our call. I did a almost an hour long ruck, hit the home gym, moved some weights around, nice. uh, did a ton of pull ups. I feel good, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, still the morning when I may end up going. It's like really we call it an off day, mm -hmm. but I'm not really gonna have an off day. I don't think, you know, even when I'm on vacation, we were just in Italy this summer, and. I told my wife, like, listen, I love eating. I love having, I'll have wine with you. We'll do all of these things. But if I'm not moving, that's, that's part of one of my values that I need to have. That's one of my, that's like my archetype, right? I like movement is a healthy thing for me to do. And I think every yes. person. Yeah. So we picked a hike. We did an amazing hike in Italy. Mm -hmm. We would walk everywhere, no matter where we went. So we're, we're clocking almost 10 plus 10 to 15 miles a day of movement, which yeah. was yeah rest i didn't run i did not run one day in italy but 15 yeah. miles of walking is yeah, <laughs> it's something. not bad yeah 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 no yeah. i love that because it's so true because when you stop when you're like hey you know what you know, i work hard like the saboteurs come up in our mind you're like guess what yeah. you work so hard you just ran all week why don't you take a day down why don't you just sit down and 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 tomorrow you can pick it back up again you know yeah. what you know deep down that that was the wrong decision mm -hmm. and sometimes we fall prey to them right yeah. and we're like you know what Nope, tomorrow. So today I got up and I'm like, all right, I typically do a 5K in the morning. And I'm like, you know what? We're doing a 10K today. And if you start talking, <laughs> we're going to go up more hills. Just just try it. See what happens, right? Yeah. And I know some of the listeners might think we're crazy, but there's we we have a choice in whether we uh, whether we listen to those negative voices in our head or whether we don't. we got to mm -hmm. call them out for what they are. They're bullshit. And as soon as they start getting loud, I like to push against them and say, okay, if you think we're going to go back to the house now because we're, we got our, you know, let's say 5K in and I look up a hill, and uh, they're like, you can go back to the house. I'm like, you said it. We're going up the hill, right? <laughs> it's like, but exactly. It, it, and I know it sounds crazy, but it's there's something about it. And I'd love for you to talk into this because you obviously have even more experience in this. But there's something about pushing yourself past a line that you think you have. Yeah. Like you're like, all right, I can do a, a 26.2. I've run a marathon already. And then the idea is like, all right, could I do 30? Could I do 50? Mm -hmm. Could I do 100? Like, I know that's a question, but at the same time. When we ask ourselves, especially as men, when we ask ourselves, do we have what it takes mm -hmm. to do this? You know, whether it's pretty or not, can we get through 50 miles or 100 miles? You know, yeah. I really believe that that opens up our souls to the question of what else could we do in this world? If we can do that and go through that suffering by choice, mm -hmm. no one's forcing us to do this yeah. stuff. If we choose our suffering, how much better will life be? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna. I'm good. I'm glad. I was really wanted to go down this road with you, awesome. And I, I'm gonna try to cut it short. But there's two main things. But I'll, I'll start with this. the The biggest way to change your physiology, which is the inside workings of the body, which you ultimately you need to change your psychology, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to have these two things change. But the psychology is the hardest part. Physiology, believe it or not, is not hard. You just have to push yourself. Yes. And I found for me that the biggest way to jump. You know, for me, in distance-wise, I'll just give it a little explanation. So when I run a marathon, if I run a marathon, I just, it's all body. I don't need, like, headspace for me is not there. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Not that I'm fast, but I, I can, if you told me tomorrow, let's go run a marathon, I'd be like, right, it's going to suck. 
but I'll go ahead and I'll just complete it and I'll be sore for a day or two, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. 50K, you got to really, that, that, that 50K to 50 mile, the headspace starts to turn on. And what that means is, uh, to put two, two points together, if you've run a marathon, Josh, you know, you may have heard this from other people. Oh my God, you're going to bonk at mile 18. Oh yeah, yep. So you buy into psychologically, yep. you know, you train your physiology at mile 18, it's gonna suck. Yep. It's gonna suck. So you actually, that happens to most people. They're yep. like, oh, I hit 18, oh God. I'm like, because you bought into the crap. Yep. You've trained yep. hard, you've put 20 miles in on training runs. You didn't yep. bonk at mile 20 or 18 then. But they know that day that they're gonna bonk already. So the psychology has to be trained. So. When you, sorry, so the mind, we said, like you tap into that headspace and you need to, you know, as Goggin says, you don't want to listen to the inner bitch. Like you said, it's like, oh, there's a hill or there's a thing. It's like, okay, you're ready to quit. No, you're not. Yeah. That's your body telling you, okay, it's okay. You did, it's okay. That's like the, the, the weak, weakling inside saying, just, you're right. You did, you did enough. You did enough. So you get that mind space. And for me, the biggest thing where I go from like mind to like, universal if you will like that above space is in that 50 to 100 for me not that's not going to be for everybody it may be a 10k for some people right yeah, yeah. or a 5k for some people that have not done anything and that's where there's almost an out-of-body experience and that sounds crazy for for a lot of people to hear that but your body can go through so much pain like you you heard me like i've ran on literally three broken toes and a sp severely sprained lateral collateral ligament in my knee, right? Yeah, yeah. Severely. I did over 20 miles with these broken parts, right? Yeah. So I remember that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So <laughs> the the way that you transcend, right, is is you got to go beyond you got to push a little bit more. And I'm not saying, hey, listen, let's go on a sauna and see if we can spend two hours on a sauna. I yeah. probably would not try that. Um, but you know, when you're taking your own body and moving it, your physiology automatically starts to change. Yeah. When that physiology starts to change, it talks to this. And then when you tell this, I run you, you don't run me, right? The headspace, for those of you yeah. not watching, for the headspace, when your mind says no, you go, all right, I'm going up that hill. Or I'm, I'm gonna go a little bit more, what's gonna happen? And that little pain, that ache, that discomfort that's telling your, your weak mind to slow down will turn the other way around and go, holy crap, you did it, keep freaking going. And yes, then you're gonna hit yes. that same wall again at some oh, yeah. point, yep, right? You're yep. gonna hit it. You know, during my, my, my last big 100 that I did, for me, it was at mile 83 that I, I texted my wife and said, I wanna quit, I wanna die, this is horrible, I've, I've never ran this far in my life type of thing. And to my wife's credit, she's a rock star when it comes to this because she knows, knows my headspace and I, I don't find a lot to say some bad words, but I may say a couple here. She she Please. typed the text back. I looked at it. It's like one in the morning. She goes, don't be a pussy. You know what you signed up for. Go finish the race. Oh, shit. So <laughs> happened to be about mile, I don't know. I, I, I've told this a bunch of times. I can't remember the exact miles, but let's say it's mile 90. My goal was to finish in under 24 hours. So I looked at my watch and go, went, holy shit, I have 10 miles left. Mm. And I had like, that's a lot of freaking miles after 90 miles, right? I'm yeah, like, yeah. I think I can do this. And at this point, blisters, it already rained the first 60 miles of this race. So I'm like covered, like there's blisters everywhere. Everything hurts, everything is in pain. I just 
put my head down and you know run walk run walk and I finished in 20 was it 22 hours and 37 minutes so nice. I crushed my goal by a massive amount of time and it just took that little like having a someone in your corner that can just say yes. just freaking do it yeah, don't yeah. be such a whatever you <laughs> insert word right yeah yeah you know and for me that headspace pivot is huge and I think anybody can have that and the easiest ways to push your body because these things are meant to move. They're not meant to sit on the couch eating potato chips. 100%, dude. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I remember many times running where I'm like, oh, I feel a side stitch coming on. My knee hurts. My foot hurts. Something's happening. And in the past, I would have given up at that point. I would have stopped and be like, all right, I don't want to hurt myself. We're good. But you know what? Through the process of building up to a marathon, yeah. it was there was times that I'm like, all right, what happens if I don't stop? Right? What happens if I just push through it? What happens? I didn't know. So I kept pushing. Then I'm, that side stitch disappeared. Next thing you know, yeah. maybe the knee popped up. Okay, what happens if I run another three or four or five miles on that and see what happens? Next thing you know, it disappears. And pretty soon, yeah, your feet hurt, your body hurts, whatever. You start disconnecting from that. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I love all of this stuff. And for people out there who aren't runners, you know, you can either run or not run. That's up to you. I'd love to transfer this, this mindset piece, this hitting walls and breaking through them into business. Mm -hmm. because there's a direct correlation. I'd love to hear how this pushing yourself going into these, these environments or going into these events where you are suffering, you know, you're going to suffer. You're going, you're oh, signing yeah. up for this. It's going to be nothing but pain. How does it translate going through those processes? How does it translate into you being a better business person and serving so, people? I'll give you a quote from one of my mentors. Uh, you, you have to say to yourself, I was built for this. Yeah. Right. So, Knowing that things are going to be challenging, or they, or can I should say not that they are they can be challenging. Uh, knowing things are going to be hard. If you like, for I say running has been one of, my, one of my best teachers in life. Because when you're quiet with yourself, there's a lot of listening that you got to do, right? Amen, brother. And especially for long periods of time, right? Like yeah. if you just even went out for a three-hour walk with no headphones and not on your phone, it's what's that going to do for you? Right? Mm -hmm. This tremendous. It's absolutely tremendous. So. I know in the business world, and, and we had a great unfortunate challenge. I, I practiced in New York City where the city was literally like the, the, the night of the living dead. I mean, I could walk down a main street and not get hit by a car in 2020 or 2021. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was very like our business took a massive hit. Yeah. Uh, and we're still like in this regrowth phase. And I decided, you know, that, and thanks to running that screw it. This is I, I'm. I'm, I'm bitching and moaning because I had a very, very cush many, many years of practice where I didn't have to put in a whole ton of work, tons of referrals and all yep, of these yep, things. Yep. When things shifted, I needed to go back to my roots of, okay, what did we do to start? Like, what did we do to build? Yeah. And it, may, it means me getting up early, maybe going to a BNI meeting. It means me means that I may have to stay late in an office, it may mean I have to do more workshops, it may mean I have to do all of these things, and we're starting to do all of these things now. And as much as it sucks, it, it, now, it now it really fires me up. Like I just feel excited uh, doing those things. It seems weird that when you've done this for years before and then you don't, don't need to, like we yeah. talk about getting comfortable, yeah. Yeah. that probably, that comfort probably led to the demise Minus the city being quiet, but that may have made it too easy for me to go, oh, man, all right, whatever, you know, type of thing versus no, we're not stopping now. Yeah. Got to put your head down. What do we got to do to build? And I think that 
the running, you know, it took me a little while to get back into business with it, if you will, or back into my business mindset. It, it makes it easy. I don't mind doing all of the things that were annoying and hard in the beginning now. Yeah. I don't mind. Like, I think it's, you know what? I don't care if you've been in business 20 years, you know, businesses can ebb and flow. And you just let the, that, that lull just go, all right, it'll go back up eventually. Or do you go, okay, now it's time to put bait in the water. What do we need to do? The only way to catch fish is to drop bait in the water. And then the chiropractic profession is bringing people into the practice, exposing them to, you know, what we do. And it could be in any business, whatever it's a customer, a client, a patient, like what bait do you have to use? And what inspires you to use that bait? Because you know you're going to have a positive impact on someone's life. At least that's the way we look at it. You know, I can transform lives um, in a very amazing way through what we do in our, in our practice and, and educating people and teaching mm -hmm. people. So now I'm fired up more than ever. And the cool thing when this starts to happen, and you probably know this yourself, is when you're putting all of this stuff out, in the beginning it's like, man, it's not working. Mm. It's not working. I'm freaking frustrated now. But the, the universe knows what you're doing. Yep. Now other opportunities are starting to show up in practice, in the profession for me that I was not even looking for. It wasn't on my radar, yeah. which is really cool. So it's okay. The universe knows you're doing the work. And it's like, all right, here, look at this opportunity. And if you're like, nope, I want to go that way instead. Yeah. But this opportunity is tremendous, which will have an impact on the main thing you're going for. So I think that's... Uh, that's really where I want to go with it. So the, the running has taught me that you can you can push through the crap. You just got to yeah. look. You know, when you're going for a marathon or 50k, 100 mile, you don't go oh, finish mile one. I got 99 left. This is horrible. No, you yeah. go to mile two. <laughs> yeah, you go to mile three. You have to look those steps at a time. You know where you want to go, but if you start focusing on like, oh my god, I got 70 more, I got 60 more, whatever it is. That's very mentally defeating. Yes. But if you know you just got a few more steps to go, a few more steps to go, and there are going to be people in your journey that are going to help you out, and you know, looking for those opportune times. I had a lot of people in runs that you know would just help me get through things by just being there. Yeah. Like that that good vibe, that good energy, and just say, "Hey, man, how you doing?" I'm like, "It sucks." He goes, "Yeah, it sucks. Let's keep going." And it, <laughs> there we have, you know, yeah, you can do that. Like, you can do that in business as well. But knowing that you have your bullseye, you know where you're yeah. going, but you know you're going to have little baby steps that can make a tremendous difference. I love that. And you're absolutely right. And, you know, again, it's, it's choice suffering. So you're like, look, mm -hmm. if I can get through things that I choose to do to things that come at me that I didn't necessarily choose, they're child's play. Yes. You know, because I, I can, <laughs> you know, just like taking cold showers, like every day I take a cold shower and there's not one day I like getting in that thing. But I do it <laughs> no. because when I, because it's choice, right? I made the choice. And at yeah. some time in my life, I might not have the choice around that suffering. So it, with that being the case, let's choose those things. And, you know, I find that when I get off of those rituals or, you know, I, I get away from that stuff, I find myself suffering more in a way that is, you know, in your mind and you're, you start to saboteurs come back in and they start telling you that a little bitch is starting to talk and pretty soon the voice gets louder. And those rituals, those disciplines daily are what keep that sound, that noise, that yeah. voice at bay and doing things selectively like you have with the suffering side of things ultras or running or even cold showers or whatever mm -hmm. it might be doing them each day you build just a little bit more muscle just a little mm -hmm. bit more muscle physically mentally spiritually all of those things and 
that's, you know, when people say, how, how can you be so calm when, when it seems like the whole world is melting down around you? How can you be so calm? Like, because every day we burn a rep doing that. Every day we go into the suck by choice. Mm-hmm. And then when things happen around us, we're like, oh, that's easy, dude. Seriously. All right, how about you take that and we'll go run a 5K or a 10K or 10, you know, yeah. 26 miles. <laughs> so like, I don't want to do that. That'd suck way too much. Well, then this is child's play. It's, yeah. it's all in the standard of what your problems are. Like Tony always talks about, you know, if you've got... Uh, you always try to upgrade your problems, right? As you, as you grow, your problems grow with you. They all, they all, yeah. but the goal is to have better problems, right? So, yeah. uh, but by choosing those things, choosing the running, choosing the, the harder path, you constantly keep answering the one question that all us men are constantly thinking about. Do we have what it takes? Yeah. Right. Do we have do. what it takes? We all and do. Exactly. But proving it to yourself all the mm-hmm. time by doing the stuff that sucks is a way that each day you can check that box and be like, I do. Yeah, I do. I do. And then when the hard stuff comes, it bounces off you like you have some kind of force field around you. It's insane. Yeah. Have you found out to be true? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, uh, and I go through different phases with this. I have my like hard routines that I, I do my best. I should, I should, I'm going to say I do my best. I probably complete them 99.9% of the time. And sometimes I have my morning routine can be long. Good, bad, or different. That's just me personally. And that, you, nobody needs to have what I have. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I got to a point where I met, I was meditating. I think, I don't remember how many years I did straight. Um, but then when, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm adding reading, I'm adding more of this stuff and journaling, certain yeah. things started to teeter. Um, now I'm on this huge phase of every morning, it's, you know, I drink, I don't know, it's 25 and a half ounces of water straight up right out of the gate. Right. I, I go read like a couple page in, pages in a, in a book. I sit down and I journal, then I have coffee. But I used to, I had more. I had used to meditate, used to have that, like I would yeah. take like a cold shower um, or a bathtub, but at 5 a.m., like when I jumped into a cold shower, my wife's not awake yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to like <laughs> interfere with her. I want, I want my bride to be happy, right? Yeah. Um, so I like, I'm like, a cold shower, I can do another time of day, which is not a problem. But, you know, I started like, oh, maybe I'm not going to meditate as long because it takes about 30 minutes of my time that I got the journal and I got this and now I got to be up at 4.30. So I think people need to choose what they value most and then measure how that value of what you're doing impacts your day. Yeah. And, you know, I started, I had this thought yesterday, um, actually, you know, speaking about meditation, I said, how do I add this back into my morning? Like what yeah. would be the best strategy for me that I'm going to get, you know, the mental calmness, the stuff that works for me with meditation, that connectedness, but I don't want to miss the things that I'm starting to love doing, like just putting pen to paper. So, you know, I'm like, okay, what if I put the, I use a thing called brain tap, which is like hack, if you will, it's really cool. It uses light and sound and audio, uh, well, sound audio, but I use that and I can do a 10 or 15 minute one. If I keep that device near my bed, Mm -hmm. I can be in bed in the morning, alarm clock goes off 15 minutes early, put it on, go. And then when that's done, I get out of bed. And so that's, that's the new routine for me because I need to, I don't need to, I want to add that back because I know the benefit for my mental calmness, my clarity throughout the day. So I think everybody needs to find their stuff, whether it's a cold shower, whether it's reading something, whether it's journaling, they're all awesome. You know, you can have a three hour routine in the morning, (laughs) but you don't need to, right? You can have a 30 minute routine and make it, make it work as well. And, and the cool part about routines and I got hung up with this for a while because I built a routine and then I felt like once I got bored of that routine that I was failing. 
right? And I'm like, I can't change it. It has to be exactly this routine. And then I realize yeah. that's all BS, right? It's no, it's, yeah. it's about having a routine and it's always evolving, right? Yeah. So I always talk about the idea of, of focusing on um, four things when it comes to rituals. So first is faith, family, fitness, and finance, right? Mm -hmm. Those four, if you work on each of those each day and regardless how that works. So faith, regardless of where you are in that spectrum, you find something that fills that bucket for you. You know, when it comes to family, take time in the morning, spend the time with them as much as you possibly can. And that might be different every day, but just make that a priority. Then it comes to fitness. You make that whatever, maybe it's running, maybe it's walking, maybe it's going to the gym, maybe it's doing something else, Pilates, whatever. It makes no difference. Just move your body and then finance, then focus on that. But in that order, Josh, it's not about like, okay, well, I'm going to go do all the finance stuff and then you never get back to do all the other stuff, right? Yeah. So it's making, you know, first it's a hierarchy. So it's faith, family, fitness, and finance. Stay in that line, do something each day, whether all of those fit in 30 minutes or fit in three hours makes no difference. As long as you're yeah. building every day on them. And it might sound like some kind of jail cell, but I'm telling you, it is the most amazing platform or foundation to a great life that I've ever found between yeah. rituals and disciplines. It is incredible. Without them, you feel like a boat unmoored. Yeah. Yeah. Just one of, one of my, one of my mentors, like I didn't have never worked with him directly, but there's books and audios. Um, Garrett J. White, uh, who started the company called Warrior. I read his, what we call the black book, but it's all that body being balanced in business. It's very similar, maybe yeah. a different, a little bit different order, but the, the business he has at the back end, but you need to fill those buckets yeah. every day. Yes. You know, you cannot miss them. And I, yes. I think that's so tremendous. I read this years ago and, and that's where, you know, often people go, well, how do you exercise in the morning? I got three kids. I got this. I go, exercise can mean doing 30 air squats in your yep. living room before the kids get up and try to do and do some push-ups. That yep. could be your movement for the morning. That's just doing something. Yep. It doesn't need to be an hour and a half at the gym. It doesn't need to be a 10K run. Something. Because yep. you're getting out of that. Yep. that You're getting out of the comfort zone. It's designed, like doing these things is designed to make you uncomfortable, make your life a little, uh, how do I say it? Like, it's gonna pull you out of your comfort zone, but it's gonna pull you out of your normal routines that you're so used to that are comfortable. And that's the point. Yeah. When you can break that, whether it's a cold shower, whether it's you know doing something simple, that's where the huge win is. Yes. Right? And, and, and not whether to set you up. do your, your whole set with the, I don't, I don't remember all, all of them, but you do that whole set, whether it's, and it has to, does it have to, well, I'll ask you this, does it have to be all done in the morning, you said? No, it just no, has okay. to, I mean, it's, it's good if you can, because it primes the day. Yeah, but it doesn't okay, have beautiful. to be. There's times where I don't take a cold shower until before I go to bed. And I know that's okay. a big faux pas to a lot of people. Like, you can't take cold showers before you go. I sleep like a log. <laughs> it makes no difference to me whether I take it in the morning or whether I take it in the evening. Okay, it's it's still, it's a way every single time it sucks. And every single time I come out feeling empowered. Yeah. And it's, it's such a simple thing that anyone can do and it costs you no money. You know, and when yeah. it comes to r rituals and disciplines, oftentimes we think they have to be so massive right? Oh, I'm going to run. That means I got to run a marathon tomorrow. I've never run in my life. I need to run a marathon or I'm worthless. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to read a book. You know, I'm, I'm going to start reading a book. I got to read the whole thing by two o'clock this afternoon. Like they set these unbelievably unachievable goals. Yeah. My suggestion is to set micro goals, right? Each day. Yeah. So if you're like, I want to read a book, I'm only committing to one page. Yeah. You're probably going to read more, but you commit to one page. I want to run. Great. Commit to half a mile. And you're yeah. probably going to run more. Hardest part's putting the shoes on, right? Yeah. If you want to, if you want to spend time with your family, just can, you know, commit to helping your kids with their lunch in the morning or just hanging out with your spouse in the morning or whatever it might be, something super small, it'll grow from there. So having simple wins that you can get every day and not setting those goals so high 
that they're unachievable. And if you went out and crush it, for me, it's a mile a day is my minimum. I just did six this morning. And I come yeah. back and I'm like, I feel amazing, right? I almost barfed on the way back because I was pushing as hard <laughs> as I possibly could trying to hit my time. But I'm not afraid of that. You know, I'm like, all right, well, that's just going to be what it is. And we have hills all over here, so it's fun to do that. But my point is, I'm only committing to a mile, but every day I overdo that. If I committed to 20 miles every day, I wouldn't put my shoes on. I'd say that's going to suck too much. Yeah, so 100%. careful on what you set for in your expectations and then define what success looks like. That's why one yeah. page a day, anybody can do that. And you can only take five minutes. You can be drunk and get that, Yeah. right? And yeah. if you want to do pull-ups and push-ups, commit to one. You yeah. probably do five or 10. But yeah. it, once you're on the bar, you start getting, well, well, maybe this isn't so bad. Yeah. It's the small commitments that, that really turn big wheels. Yeah, and I want to shift, like do a mindset thing with you as well. That it's, and I, I made a mistake calling it an alarm clock. There's a guy named Zig Ziglar, which you may have heard of. I know it's sure. mental space you're in. I used to listen to a cassette tape driving to college. It was a oh, Zig shit. Ziglar tape, right? Like I, <laughs> I listened to the thing 150 times, maybe more wow. than that, like a 23-minute tape or something like that. Yeah. And he said, it's not an alarm clock with like his thick, I can't even do a Texas accent, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's an opportunity clock. So if, if you think of it that way and you yeah. set that opportunity clock 10 minutes early, then you have 10 more minutes of your day to start accomplishing those hard things. And I'll tell you the hardest part of any morning ritual is the snooze button for most people. Yeah. And I plead the fifth, right? Yeah. Me too. And there are days that I'm like, F it, this is, I, I get up, and, you know, my alarm's off, and, or opportunity clock's off in the morning, I'm stumbling out of bed going, why? And then I start <laughs> doing what I start doing, I'm like, rock and roll. It's six thirty in the morning. I've done an hour and a half of good stuff, and I'm, I got the whole day. Yeah, yeah, right. Type of yeah. thing. I love that. So I, love it. I just figured I'd share that, but that just came to my head from you know, twenty plus years ago. No, I love that, dude. No, I love this conversation. It's good, and I'm really hoping the listeners are getting a lot from it because this is the kind of stuff that it took me way too long to realize. I wish I would have known this in my twenties or thirties. I was almost yeah, forty before I realized this. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, yeah. maybe through a podcast we can, you know, you know, empower others by thinking. You know what? Maybe it is just one page. I, I can do a half a mile. I can I can uh, spend a little bit more time with family and people that I'm close to. I can I can focus business last instead of business first, and start to fill your own buckets. Because if you don't go in there full, you can't serve at a full level. It just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to ask you one other question here before we wrap up. What's the number one thing you think that's holding people back from becoming the best versions of themselves? What do you think is the the number one thing? Fear. Oh. Okay. Fear, hundred percent. Whether you whatever acronym or like you break down that word any way you want. Yeah. Um, I think people are afraid of two things. They're afraid if they fail, what does that look like to them or to yeah. others? Yeah. Or if they succeed, what does that look like to others? You know, uh, you know, if someone if if I if I did so, did something in business where I made ten million dollars tomorrow. Would people think I'm this? Would people think I'm that? Or if I set a goal to make that 10 million by tomorrow and I made 900,000, is everybody gonna look at me as a failure? Yeah. You know, so I ultimately think that we need to become conscious of that fear and realize fear is just an emotion, right? It's, yeah. you know, it, that's, why, that's why I love using, we talk about this whole conversation, right? The things that are really hard you don't want to go in a cold shower. I mean, there is a sense of fear. It's going to yeah. suck. It stings. It's ugh, like you, your whole body feels it, right? Yeah. But realize when you get in and get out, you're like, 
That was awesome. Yeah. It stinks every day, but it's so awesome. So that's, that's a, you know, you have the fear of that, but you come out of that thing in well, however long is a minute, five minutes, whatever it is. It's awesome. Yeah. So I would, I would urge everybody, and this sounds cheesy. I remember there was a, there was a company called No Fear back yeah, in the day. I, I had all the t-shirts, right? Was yeah, a yeah. kid. And I would say, and there was all, all I was thinking of this, the ski, the, I was a competitive alpine skier for almost 20 years. There's a skirt, a ski shirt that, you know, most of these resorts would have it said, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yes. And that's what I would tell everybody to do. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Don't do something stupid that can get you killed. Right. Most things won't. Yes. Right. So I would yeah. just say, go through the fear. See what's on the other side. It may be freaking amazing. Yeah. I love that, dude. I can mic drop that right there. But uh, yeah, guys, listening out there, it's just so important for that. And fear is going to be part of all of our wirings. Every I feel it every day. I'm sure Josh does too. Every day fear comes up. But the, the difference is you have the choice to see it for what it is. 99% of the time it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's just trying to keep you in a comfortable zone because ultimately its goal is to keep you safe and alive so you can procreate and keep pushing the genome on. And everything we want is on the other side of that fear. Oftentimes that fear is really just holding you back from finding the treasure chest of all your gifts just on the other side. So yeah. by pushing through that fear, by pushing through that pain, by getting through all of that, you get to discover a side of you that you're never coming back. Once you get a, side, a look at the other side, you're not coming yeah. back. I'm yeah. telling you right now. Agree. Not coming back. I 100% agree. I think that's that's like the that's the take home. Go yeah. through that. It's 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 a fake mirror, right? Yep. Yeah. As soon as you so get on the other side of the mirror, you're like, wait a minute here. This is only an eighth inch thick. Yeah. Like you're looking at yourself in a mirror, like the fear yeah. and everything, and you go by it and you look at it from a different perspective. You're like that's an eighth inch that's changing the way that I'm doing things. Once you get behind it, you're like, I don't even see anything anymore. There's no more mirror. There's no more fear. Like there's more stuff to do. It yeah. is so incredible how thin that veil is. And once you puncture yeah. through it, once you push past the pain, once you get pushed past that fear, you just stand there and you're, it's, it's, it's incredible. That's all I can say. Any listeners out there that are feeling this right now, when you feel fear come up, smile at it, say, I acknowledge you're trying to tell me something, but no thank you and move on. Yeah. Simple enough. All right, Josh, I can go on for days with you like this. So uh, yeah. how can people find you? I know you're a podcaster, you're, you're doing tons of stuff. So how else can people find you? Yeah. So I'll, I'll say social media probably is the best way to connect with me. Um, on Instagram, it's at Dr. Josh Han. I just started playing with, with TikTok. Not that much, but Instagram is probably the best. I'm on Facebook. Just put my name in. You'll find me. Uh, also, you know, if you're in New York City, need a chiropractor. Very hard website for everybody to remember. Please, very hard. NewYorkChiropractic.com. <laughs> <laughs> that makes and, sense. And we're revamping and doing things with our our podcast. I we're we're off for like a whole season here, uh, but it's LifestyleLocker.com. We have hundreds of episodes, amazing guests from mindset to nutrition to you name it. Yeah. Um, you can dive in and uh, get a lot of great content. And I don't think I sell you anything in any of them, but ultimately my guests are the people you wanna connect with as well. I appreciate that, brother. I see that you had uh, Joe Dispenza on your podcast. That's pretty, yep, pretty Joe, cool. Joe, I love him. Yep. <laughs> love him. It's really good stuff. Brother. All right, well, thank you again for your time and everyone out there listening. You know, I really hope you got something from this podcast. Every single time we do one of these, I learn stuff as well. That's why I love doing this, to meet awesome people like Josh or actually to, to just have another conversation. I've met Josh many times, but to have deeper yeah. conversation around really cool topics. And uh, yeah, guys, so hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next week.